Welcome to See Uncovered, a place where you'll find the stories of proven entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ashley Henschel. So Chadwick Fellers is the founder of the tour management and production company Wasted Potential. Only 30 years old, Fellers was named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 list last year. Wasted Potential now has hundreds of employees and brings in hundreds of dollars in revenue. Fellers has a star-filled client roster, Jack Harlow, Ed Sheeran, ASAP Rocky, Little Baby, Kid Laray, and more. And he's only gotten started. So let's give a warm welcome to Chadwick. How are you? Hi there. Doing good. So this is a pretty loaded question I always start off with, but who is Chadwick Fellers? Uh, that is a loaded question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up outside of Chicago in a small little town. Didn't really ever imagine working in the music industry. Always definitely uh, seemed out of grasp being from like a small town of, you know, maybe 20,000 people. It's just kind of like a pipe dream or not. E- I, it, it wasn't even a pipe dream. I didn't even, you know, think it was achievable. Yeah, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. It was more of kind of me coming up and getting out of my comfort zone and then discovering that I really enjoyed the music industry and kind of did a bunch of other jobs within it, like, um, you know, selling t-shirts or booking concerts or whatever. And then you kind of stumble into jobs that you enjoy doing. And I stumbled into some of the stage design stuff and lighting programming and making visuals and that type of stuff. Definitely is what fulfills me so yeah little little, myself that that's a loaded question but that's a good start (laughs) where in chicago are you from a little town called freeport illinois we're the freeport uh pretzels (laughs) i'm from northbrook just the north shore yeah so where are you now uh los angeles now yeah how's that great yeah la's great it's kind of nice, you know, we grew up in the Midwest with <laughs> a lot of, uh, we plan our whole year around like a three month long summer or so. And now it's kind of every day is the same out here. A lot of these people out here take it for granted, but yeah, <laughs> we're bundled up and they can live every day. Yeah. So what made you want to start your own company? It really wasn't anything making me want to. It was kind of more of just me you know, getting, accepting uncomfortable scenarios and then seeing a demand and trying my best to fulfill the demand in real time. So it was kind of like, you know, I started off booking concerts for artists, like really small, just two, 300 people in them. I became friends with one of those artists and he asked me to become his tour manager. I didn't even really know what that was. I was only 19 at the time. So then I started to go out on the road with him so when you're the tour manager you're kind of the right hand man you're making sure you collect all the money plan the tour you know get the vans or buses or whatever you're going to be in flights all that stuff you're kind of really making sure everything's smooth so i stumbled upon that and and made a lot of wrong decisions but i you know learned from them and then i ended up getting into 
uh, lighting and production because this artist got pretty big. This uh, artist named Somo back in the day, he ended up having a song that was starting to go go platinum. And it was just us needing something. None of us knew how to do it. So I was like, uh, um, I'll figure out how to do it. I'll learn it. So taught myself how to do lighting. And then I knew some other artists and they're like, hey, we could use your help too. So it quickly went from like, you know, one artist I was working with to two and then two turned to four, four turned to eight. And then I'm like, okay, I need to get some help and I need to train some people and and uh, get some help along the way. So I, I brought one of my buddies on to do tour management stuff while I focused on lighting and then I needed more lighting people. And then before you know it, you blink your eyes and that eight has turned into 16 and 32. And now we have like somewhere around 60 to 70 artists we work with. And uh, there's over a hundred of us on the team. So it, it's one of those things. Yeah. It just organically happened. It wasn't me, you know, sitting at a desk, like brainstorming, I'm going to do this with this business plan and whatever. There really was no business plan. It was just kind of like fly by the night and just make it work. So do artists come to you to basically set up the whole tour? Yeah, it depends on the artist. So some artists we do everything for. So like a guy like Jack Harlow will do everything from, you know, the, the production management and figuring out the tour and handling all the logistics and everything to the tour creative and hiring the whole team. Um, and with Jack, I'll even help him with, you know, his, his artwork and merch design and all that type of stuff. Um, some artists, they just need, you know, visuals for the video walls or, or lighting programming or stage design or whatever. So we kind of just get in where we fit in and help out wherever we, we need to help out because we're not intrusive. We don't want to step on anyone's toes, but we're down to help in whatever capacity, you know, needed. Is there ever a point where an artist is like, I want to do this and you just know it can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a big part of our job is, <laughs> is knowing what's realistic and expectations and budget stuff. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of crazy stuff that we've been told. And, and when you can really figure it out by budget is when, when you feel like you really nailed it, you know, yeah. like, asap rocky i remember it was like i really want a giant 20 foot crash test dummy on stage and we're like okay that's tricky um <laughs> let's figure this out so we made you know this this uh balloon material but it was like covered in something that didn't look like you know like a bouncy house balloon blow it up it looks great and it all worked out so it's yeah our job is a big part of it is knowing what's realistic in whatever venue and uh, because, you know, if you build something too big and you can't fit it into a venue, then it's mm -hmm. it's on us. We messed up and um, you have an unhappy uh, artist and client. So learning from the mistakes, you know, everyone's made mistakes coming up. And luckily now we've we've played almost, you know, every ven any venue I can think of. We've had a tour go through there. So we kind of know what we can do. And I think that's why a lot of people come to us for sure. How big is your team right now? Must be huge. Yeah, we've got all in all with all the different departments and stuff, we probably somewhere around 100 people. But it's unique because it's not 100 of us in an office every day because yeah. everyone's scattered all across America and a lot of people are out on tour. So we have to use, you know, 
text threads and softwares and stuff to all communicate and keep up with each other. So huge uh, chunk of organization is really important. In your opinion, what's been the coolest production you've been a part of? Man, there's been a lot of really fun ones. I don't know if I have like a particular favorite. I've really like it's always seems to be whatever the last one you did, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I was on a whole world tour with Jack Harlow last year. That was a blast. We um we recreated like a garage on stage, like a giant 20-foot tall garage that had a working water hose on it so he could like spray the crowd and it had basketball hoops we'd bring fans up and they'd go shoot hoops and stuff and it was just like really fun because it's just something you i've never seen on a stage before so and it had a wall in front of it and halfway through the concert the wall rose up and revealed this garage so people it was totally caught people off guard and we had a band inside of it and the garage door came up it was it was awesome yeah that probably goes my favorite one in recent memory how closely are you working with the artists to brainstorm their vision? Is it hard to do that together? Yeah, that's another one that's like on a project by project basis. So it's like some artists want to be on every single call and uh, really, really dial things in with you. Some of them kind of want you to take the reins and they show up to rehearsals and then we kind of figure it out together um so it's totally unique in every every project like which is which is kind of nice sometimes it's like you know it's it's new every day for sure is there an artist that you may have had like preconceived notions about and now knowing them it surprised you uh yeah artists surprised me every day i mean a lot of them are just regular people and uh just want to put on a really good show for their fans and something that they're really proud of. So like, you know, if you ever see someone and you're like, Oh man, this one might be a diva or whatever, or, or man, I'm a little nervous about this one. Like usually when you get in there, it's work for all of us. So we're like really focused on it and um, making it the best it can be. And we don't really see that side of an artist, I feel like, too much. Um, some of them get stressed out or or uh, whatever, but we're here to, like, you know, our, our job partially is to put their mind at ease and, and make sure they look good while they're on stage. <laughs> so switching gears a little bit, you were on Forbes 30 Under 30 list. What did that mean to you? Um, that was big for me and, um, you know, my friends and family, cause in the world we're in where you're more backstage than in front of stage, there's not a lot of accolades. It's kind of, you're not in the limelight. Right. So that was a cool moment where it, things kind of changed and, uh, it was one of those household names. So um, you know, my mom and, and everyone around was like, damn, this is, you might have actually made it. <laughs> <laughs> what are your goals for Wasted Potential, if you had to say, in five to ten years? And where do you see yourself in five to ten years? One of my main goals is definitely continuing to scale the operations side. So, you know, if we're around 100 people right now, one of my biggest goals is to turn that into a thousand, so tenfold it, because I've that's just get a lot of satisfaction off of like hiring people and letting them 
putting them, you know, in a situation where they could succeed. It's up to them to ultimately succeed. But when you put someone in a great spot, Mm -hmm. um, there's something really fulfilling about that and building up a team, everyone being friends with each other and like, you know, just getting to kind of all build something towards a bigger goal than just one of us. So I think that's probably my my biggest goal over the next uh, five to 10 years. And um, I've always wanted to like, have like a fantasy factory office. So maybe we'll get there someday. (laughs) That would be very cool. Our podcast is geared towards high school students. We give out a curriculum to high school students that teach them financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and common sense knowledge. And for that reason, how important was it for you starting a business to know about financial literacy? Yeah, I was not very fine. I don't really come from a family of uh, too much financial literacy, so... It's not something that was uh, second nature to me, I guess I should say. So I had a lot of, you know, people when I was young starting, especially my cousin, who's a financial advisor, kind of guide me in a way. And I got to see a lot of things, you know, done wrong growing up by, you know, different friends and family and stuff. So that kind of if you do it right and you see it done the wrong way, you're able to able to kind of, you know, zag. And uh, I think that that helped a lot. Um, and then it's just, you know, over time getting older, like you uh, try not to, you know, be flashy and have all the flashy stuff and just trust the right people to, to help you make the right decisions for sure. helps a lot. But man, I really wish uh, Props to you guys because, man, I wish they taught us some financial literacy (laughs) stuff in high school. Like, it should be such a big part of a curriculum. And it's unfortunately, it wasn't when I was there, at least. When you started Wasted Potential, were there challenges you had to overcome? And if so, what were they? Tons and tons of challenges with starting a business, especially stuff with taxes and laws and all types of stuff that just is not taught at all growing up and it's almost set up the system is almost set up so you don't you shouldn't own a business because i think it's set up so that you go work for someone mm-hmm. so when you really go out of your way and try to start something there's so many intimidating uh pieces of mail and hurdles and gates you have to go through and it keeps a lot of people from really thriving i think because you get uh I can't tell you how many things I've gotten from the IRS that I read it. I'm like, dude, I have, I have no, no idea what this is. Like, am I going to jail? But uh, yeah, there's it, it's intimidating for sure. Starting a business, it's it's so once again getting help from the right people and uh, making some of those right moves to make sure everything is aligned. But yeah, very scary starting off a business, um, and I can see why it hinders a lot of people in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Is there a tool or skill that you would say has contributed to your success? There's a few skill sets now that I look back and I'm, and I realize that they were important growing up. So I went to, uh, man, I used to play a lot of video games in high school and I would start to use the Adobe softwares to 
kind of just make fun videos and compilations of me and my buddies. So I'd be using Photoshop or, you know, video editing. And then once we started to get into the creative side, because, you know, as a tour manager, you're not really using that type of stuff in the music industry. But once you get into the creative side with making visuals for screens and stuff like that and decks and all types of stuff, it was awesome because I was like, wow, I'm using stuff I just did for fun in high school. And that ended up being, I still use, you know, I've used both of those softwares uh, today already. So it's like, it's a crazy thing. That's why I think if you're, you know, if you're young, you should definitely be trying to get your hands into any softwares you can from the creative ones to Microsoft Excel, Word, everything these days to just be well-versed because you never know when you're going to get into a career path and it's going to hit you and then you're going to have a step, you know, leg up because you don't have to learn it as an adult. And uh, there's a couple other, other things. I think patience is another one. Um, I've always been very patient and calm. And uh, sometimes, man, you know, if you're like, you're doing a Coachella set and it's right before the show, everyone's freaking out being able to be calm and collected is you can't even put a value on that. I feel like, so that one has helped me a lot as well. And there's some other stuff, but, but those are two good ones. What type of leadership style do you try to use when managing your team? It's a great question. I really strive to be a leader that is for their people. So talking with our team and making sure they're all happy content um we're providing anything we need to provide for them and ultimately kind of being in their corner is super important and kind of you know leading by example like you know i'll get my my hands dirty if i need to you know i'll travel around the world work on different projects like be there be at rehearsals like you know i i don't want to be the guy that's just dictating and and whatnot. So definitely trying to lead by example and and uh, having your teams back. Lastly, I always ask this, if you could give a piece of advice to a teenage or college version of yourself, what would you tell him? I would mainly say to trust the process because I had literally no idea what I was going to do. If, if I go back to fast forward, you know, or rewind to being a senior in high school, I truly had no idea what I was going to do. I, I just was, um, you know, especially a senior in high school, you, you're you getting ready to graduate. You see a lot of kids, a lot of your friends are knowing exactly what school they're going to go to, where they're going to be, what jobs they want to have. And then I was one of the, I was more so one of the people there that was like kind of in question, you know, I was like, man, should I join the army? Should I go to college? Should I just get a job and work. Everything was on the table. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up just kind of trusting the process and um, went from a community college, didn't do good there. And uh, went to, I kind of just went with my gut and was like, I'm going to go to Chicago, go to school in the city. And I went there for film. So I was shooting little music videos. And uh, that led to me meeting people in the music industry. And then ultimately, having to drop out of school, which, you know, talking to high schoolers, I wouldn't recommend that. But, uh, you know, it worked out for me. That's what led to the name Wasted Potential. That comes from my grandma 
me dropping out and my Italian grandma being like, you're wasting your potential. So it name. kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, called the company what it is and it stuck. But yeah, definitely just telling my younger self, trust the process, say yes to a lot of things and get out of your comfort zone ultimately, because, you know, you're not going to achieve anything great, honestly, not getting out of your comfort zone. You got to try new things, try new softwares, don't give up on new jobs. Like just try anything you can because you never know if something, if you, if you do that, something's going to click, like something will click and you'll be like, okay, this is what I want to do. And that's how it was for me at least. Well, you're definitely not wasting your potential because you yeah. have an outstanding career. And I thank you again for coming on and having this conversation, I think will really resonate with our high school students. Cause a lot of people, are in that space when they're about to go to college and like, I don't know what to do. And having your story is really going to help them relate. So thank you again. Yeah. 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 No problem. Yep. That's, uh, that's what we're all about. Cause it's such a real position for 18 year olds and 17 year olds to be in. And, um, yeah, that's one of the things, you know, we tried now to guide, take a lot of younger kids on that, get them into positions and work with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, different universities and, and do internship programs and stuff because oh, really? yeah, they're the next next generation. Couldn't said it better. Thanks for listening to See Uncovered. You can check out more at www.createeveryopportunity.org. Thanks again.